0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, te one
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! George's Fox. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan again. We're back. They did, I mean, I'm going to be that guy. They did exactly what I said. I said, split these two games. This was last week. I said, split these two games. They're just probably losing the night. Win that getaway day. Roll that home. Take four from Baltimore. And it's a whole new week for these guys headed back into the Blue
2: Jays. Roll the Red Sox. We can make some moves. Yeah, you nailed that. And I said, as depressed as I am, it's only going to take two or three wins in a row for me to be fully back on the wagon. So yeah. here we are. They did it. That, that's all we needed. Sweep against the Orioles was great. But that that game against the Blue Jays where they were on the verge of getting swept and Davey just came out and said, no, yeah, not tonight. That that was the key for me.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it was great to see. And it was like, who knows? You know, in that, that's a spot where if you really look at it, like a lot of times it, that's CC. That's where yes. Cece puts his foot in the ground and says we're not going any further. You know, he was the the anchor on the you know the tug of war. Like we're not. He's got the rope wrapped around him, and now it's like ah, oh, we threw in you know the, this young kid, and he went out there and he, you know if he it may it kind of makes sense if you take a professional approach to it because you. If he goes out there and he just gets knocked around, like, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, we just go, oh, man, we should have traded for Clevenger. He went out there and shoved, and we're still saying we should have traded him for Clevenger.
2: But, like, you know, so he's got nothing to lose. If you're not going to go make a move like we talked about, you have to let your kids be that move. And and that's what they did and, and Davy came up he's three for three he's had three great starts they've all been good. he's going to go again tonight. We'll talk about that another huge series with Buffalo before I, we dive in
1: though I we got to talk about this weekend because you're an insane person, so I've said it a billion times you got to follow Nick on Twitter at nkirby NYY. And I recommend it's enough to turn on – give it a try for a weekend to just turn on notifications because the notifications <laughs> pop up and it just says shit like, thanks. And I'm like, who could he have even said this to? And it'll just be like he'll be thanking Aaron Boone for a shitty lineup. <laughs> or in or like Glaber tweets something and Nick's just like, I love you forever. Or like it'll just be something weird like that, but it's just like, what's the – who did he say I love you forever to? Um this weekend, I see you tweeting uh, something along the lines of like, "Yeah, and I hope he's in pinstripes forever." And I was just like, "Who is he arguing with about probably i don 't know, a training judge or something?
2: Nope, Glaber's dad, you and Glaber 's dad, just best friends. What the fuck went on? So this started, I don't know if you remember, last year in a Sunday night game against the Red Sox in August, Glaber was pulled with an abdominal injury and was sent to the hospital, and it was one of those Sunday night, late night games. None of the beat writers had any idea what was going on. I'm staying up late, refreshing Twitter, trying to see if Glaber's okay. And his dad tweeted, you know, we're leaving the hospital, clean MRI, no IL stint. And from that point on, I'm like, I got it. Like, this is my guy. This is the source <laughs> for, for Glaber news. And and then in September, in one of the last series of the year against the Blue Jays, he was pulled from, a, pulled from a game early. You know, similar situation. What's going on? Glaber's dad, again, was first with clean MRI. So I've had his notifications on ever since then uh, for, for Mr. Torres. Uh, then his dad, you know, tweeted a picture and it was a picture of Glaber, you know, when he was eight or nine in his little league uniform and his dad was wearing a Yankees hat and shirt in the picture. And I just replied, I'm like, man, this is awesome. And he says, thanks. And I said, no problem. You know, we love your son and hope he's a Yankee forever. And his dad responds and says, me too, with like a prayer emoji. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like me and Glaber's dad are boys I think
1: now. honestly, in the uh, uh, Latin community, the prayer emoji is... I feel like that's big. It's a big religious community. I think Labor Wears Rosaries. I'm treating prayer hands as pretty much a signed contract.
2: Oh, yeah, we're, we're good. And then, and then I tweeted, like, let's, I replied, like, let's go. And then he sent me the fire emoji, the flexing emoji, you know, all, all good stuff. So clearly they all want him to be a Yankee forever. And, and why wouldn't they? You got to get that follow. For Mr. Torres, yeah. yeah. I think Astubio is his name. I, I probably I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. You gotta uh yeah, you gotta just start replying to like everything and then he'll follow you. I should. And you know what? I think our beat reporters with the vague updates, like it makes me appreciate him more. He's that like I don't you know, he's not
1: out there enough where it's like you know, he's not LeVar Ball. Right? But We've seen him like excited in the crowd. I forget was he like dr- just like holding a huge beer one time or something? Yeah, yeah, he's very
2: around. Yeah, but
1: I don't know if it's a language barrier or like he's just, you know, re- respecting, you know, his son's career. Um but like he's not he's not talking a lot. You know, they they got him for the playoffs one year like oh, here's a quick interview. But he's not out there doing appearances. And based on what we've seen on Twitter, like he's got a personality. And so it's like he could be very out there. Thankfully, he's not. But he's out there enough that, like, let me tell you he's not going on the I.L. before anyone says anything silly.
2: Yeah, and we need that. We need that. All of the updates we get from Boone say nothing. So we need the straight-up updates. And I think there's something where Glaber had to leave home at a young age to go to an academy or something. I don't know the full story, but I think they were separated for a number of years, and now they're able to see each other. So, you know, and and Gleber's still a kid, so, you know, he's just a protective, nice parent.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, it's not, like, over the top. It's not helicopter. Like, I don't know. he's If you've got, because this dude's not out there, like, reckless. Like, we've never heard anything bad about him. We've never seen him, like, you know, drunk in the stands. We've, We've never heard a negative thing about the guy. No. So that's just, for a young guy like that, that's just a great influence to have, you know, just to have someone hanging out with you who's not trying to take advantage of you. Because a lot of times young athletes in any sport from anywhere end up, you know, in a spot where like they just have their buddies hanging out or new people that they meet. You got your dad hanging around. Seems like a nice enough guy. You're eating good. You're having a couple of drinks. You can go out with the teammates when you need to. But like, you know, you've got that like stabilization in your life, especially being far from home. Like, I don't care if you're from Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Japan, California. Like you're far from home, you're
2: far from home. And Glaver's got the makeup to handle all that. I still remember when, when we traded for him when he was nineteen and how he taught himself to speak English that off season and just and he came in and now he speaks almost perfect English. It's a little bit broken, but he really worked at it and I just think he's got a great head on his shoulders. He loves being a Yankee and everything that comes That's with like, it and wants to be here a while that's an eye on the prize move that's like thinking big picture
1: you know who john cena is obviously right yes yes he like while he was just a wrestler and like he had you know done a couple pop-up things in movies but he wasn't doing like movies all the time like he was a wrestler with still many years of wrestling left he just started learning mandarin because he was like that's where we're going next so i'm gonna learn mandarin and then, like you know, became got every opportunity to go there, because unlike you know, like the NBA, those players to go to China, to go to Japan, like they they're fighting to get like you know over there to get the you know the the get their sneakers there, get you know when they come out of the hotel, huge thing. In that area, like I don't know, wrestling determines that you know decides who goes there. So you set yourself up to just be the one to go there and learn this new language. And it helped him. It helped his career. He's super successful. So I love to see Glaber doing the same thing, you know, coming you know, coming here. And because, like, it's great, oh, if he could speak to the media or if he just, you know, speaking English versus just being, you know, only speaking Spanish is a career-limiting move in terms of, like, ever becoming captain of the Yankees. Well, not ever, but probably for, you know, we're still – a ways away but now this young guy storing shortstop for the yankees and i'm not one of those guys that says we need a captain or we need a captain anytime soon he's 23 in five years we could have two world series we've made decisions on judge on gary stands at the end of his career now it's time to put a c on the young man's
2: chest it's perfect diction I'm so glad you mentioned that because everything I see on Twitter, when's Judge going to be named captain? When's Judge going to be named captain? Glaber is the most important asset in the organization based on his age, the position he plays, in his production. If anybody on this roster is ever going to be a captain, it's him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, like, I think, you know, it could happen with Judge. Uh, you know, I don't know. But Glaber, like, who knows? I, I love everything about, like, his makeup. I love the yes. fact that his, like, dad is, you know, is there. He's a Yankee he's fan, there. man. His dad yeah. was
2: wearing a Yankee shirt in that picture 15 years ago already. He's always it's been awesome. a Yankee yeah. fan.
1: And because we're just also like dads in baseball now, we're getting to the age where they're just more digitally, like, in there. Sure. So it's like we've got this happy ground. I love it. I, just, I love you interacting with him. You did that, and uh, <laughs> you brought your TV to a party again?
2: Yep, so another situation where NFL party, obviously week one of the NFL season, everybody's thinking about football here in Philadelphia. We would have put put – someone would have gotten a monument
1: last weekend.
2: That's (laughs) what would have happened.
1: We were on the road the weekend before. I believe we would have been home. uh, And,
2: yeah, they would have – someone would have gotten a monument. To To sell tickets. Right. And yeah. And so, you know, there were going to be two TVs there at this outdoor thing, but I knew that one was going to be on the Ravens and Browns game. The other one was going to be on the Eagles game. And I had no shot of getting any baseball there. So I said, you know what, this is why I have this TV. And it's funny as I was packing it up, Jamie's like, oh, you're going to scratch it or bump it. I was like, Jamie, this is the traveling TV. If something happens to it. Something happens to it, but this is what it's here for. So put it in the Uber, showed up, put it down, was able to catch the whole game, and and our boy Glaber comes off the bench after not starting and hits a big go-ahead two-run double in the eighth, and I was pumped up.
1: Yeah, I mean, Glaber is, as we're recording this at, you know, six o'clock on Tuesday, um, he's not in the lineup tonight, but they say if it was a playoff game, he'd be in the lineup. He's available off the bench, giving him an extra day. Um That's the shit I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Hey, listen, you need a day? Like, this could have easily been him not starting on Sunday, off day, not starting tonight, could easily have been an IL stint. Except he's like, I want to
2: play today. So you're buying Boone's comments. You think he's fine, for the most part. I'm not so sure. I don't think he's fine, but I think he is
1: like, I'm not going anywhere, so... I, I show I can come off the bench. Let me keep like fighting to be here. You know, I'm sure he's doing treatment. He says he wants to play. They say if it's a playoff game, he would play. Uh, which you know, that's a big decision maker. Like that's a big difference maker to me. If you say sure. he's playing a playoff game, you know, Judge would not play if it was a playoff game tonight.
2: No, you're right. But my thing is, if the guy's hurt, just give him the day. Like, I don't want him to pinch hit in the eighth tonight or or play any defense. Like, if the quad's bothering him, just give him the night off is what I would ask of of Boone. Yeah,
1: like, but unless we need it. like, (laughs) that's, That's just such a pull, and that's what I struggle with. But we're not talking about pinch hitting in the third inning and going out there and playing defense.
2: You're saying one at bat.
1: I'm talking eighth inning. Like, if we need him to get up in the eighth inning, ninth inning, you know, you have a shot to, you know, tie the game, go ahead, because we're down in the eighth or ninth, and you've got fucking Tyler Wade standing up there. I don't know, put you're, a fucking trash can out there.
2: You're right. I'm talking tough right now, but in, in three hours, I'll be come on, pinch hit him. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that he's
1: fine. Like, you know, he's probably not running 100%, but let's hope, you know, it's not a situation where what we need is a possibly legged out single, you know?
2: And he's not a speed guy to begin with. So even if he can only run it at 80, 80%, or something in the playoffs, as long as he's able to hit and, and play some decent defense, that's all I'm going to ask of him. We're not asking him to leg out any infield hits regardless, usually.
1: Yeah, and he'll be fine, you know. Like it, it just, if we run into what we ran into on Sunday, then you can use him. If not, if we're up, you know, up a couple runs, if we're – down too many runs, then yeah, you don't do, you know, you don't do anything.
2: No, for sure. And, you know, he's a little bit banged up, but we do have three guys back tonight. Stanton is back. Gio is back. They're both in the starting lineup. And then Jonathan Lleisaga is back. I think that's huge for bullpen depth and kind of being a bulk guy and eating up innings as we don't have any more off days the rest of the season. So seeing Stanton and Gio back in there brought a smile to my face for sure.
1: I feel like Stanton came out of nowhere. We had heard
2: just yesterday,
1: just on Sunday,
2: possibly this weekend, and now it's Tuesday. You know, here we are. I was thinking Wednesday. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Thursday, Friday. I was definitely not thinking Tuesday. I don't think anybody was.
1: Thursday, Friday was like the earliest. Part of me was like there'll be a setback on Thursday or Friday. But I don't know. You know, he's there. So, I mean, it makes the lineup better. At his worst the lineup is better with him in it.
2: Even if his timing's off, the effect that he has on the pitcher in terms of the pitcher has to be careful, the pitcher's scared, he lengthens the lineup. Like, even if he's not 100%, just him standing there is a big deal. And I don't think people really understand what presence means in a lineup a lot of the time. Here's the thing.
1: If Andujar is in that spot, right, you, there are pitches that you can throw right down the fucking middle and get past Andujar. You know, he's not Tyler Wade, but, like, sometimes he is. You can't any version of Stanton do that. Like, once you think, like, ah, whatever, he hasn't really played this season, you're looking at a 420-footer.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And I assume he's not going to play the field at all for the rest of this stretch. Boone said he is going to play tonight. He'll sit Wednesday, and then he'll play Thursday. So it seems like they have some sort of plan for him moving forward, which which I'm fine with. And, you know, we're looking at having Judge by Friday, Boone said. So now you're going to have the two big boys back. Hopefully that allows us to weather whatever this is with Glaber.
1: And, um, you know, this is coming off, you know, Clint Fraser. You know, we're told, like, Clint Fraser is the left fielder. Which I
2: love. Which you have
1: to do. He's playing right field tonight because Gardner is still in the lineup because of just like, you know, what we have. But obviously, like, you have to put Frazier's name in the lineup every day because he's the best option you have. But after all the bullshit he's put up with, you have to say it the way – like, you have to come out and say that this is what it's going to be. He's not competing. He's the left fielder. Let him go out there and do his thing. And obviously – if he were to, for some reason, fall off the face of the earth, you bench him and you, you know, you'd do something else. But for right now, like he's a starting major league outfielder and he needs to be treated as such.
2: He's absolutely earned it. Playing Talkman or Gardner over him in left field with everybody healthy would be criminal. And I'm sure the plan in the playoffs is that Clint's going to be the starting left fielder. He'll play seven innings, ideally get three at-bats, and then Gardner comes in for defense and everybody wins. Yeah. No, I mean, I
1: think that's
2: exactly what you're looking at
1: is you you do that. I mean, if for some reason, you know, I mean, like something were to happen to Hicks, you know, you have, you know, you have Gardner or if, you know, even who knows what we're getting from judge, there might be a, whether it's a late in the season or a playoff game where it's just like, it's the eighth inning. We're up six runs. Let Clint stay out there. Let judge sit down,
2: you know? I'm glad you brought up the judge thing because I definitely want to temper everybody's expectations with Judge and Stanton. I feel like we're at that point of the year where it's like Judge and Stanton are coming back to save the day and and they're coming to the rescue. And obviously the last two years that didn't work. Ideally, I'm hoping that one of them will be healthy throughout the playoffs and raking. To expect both of them to come back this week, not have any setbacks and play healthy in every single playoff game – I think is unrealistic. Based on their histories, one of them is probably going to have a setback. If we're just if somebody put a gun to my head, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, according to history, it's not going to be Judge cuz he doesn't miss the playoffs. Um and you hope that we're just at the point where it's like you just fucking drag your dead leg out there like whatever you have to do. And you know, and and play and yeah, you know, but you hope it's not either one of them. You hope they come like, there But, yeah, there are people who think that when we record this show again in a week, we're going to be like, I can't believe Stanton has four home runs, and Judge, even though he came back Friday, already has three. Like, that's what people want us to hear. You're like, he. I can't believe Judge came back and hit two home runs on Friday right over the green monster.
2: And I want to think that, but just, you know, look at last year. Stanton came back, I think it was, like, September 18th. He would, played that. He played three playoff games, and then he strained his squad. So it's, you know, you can get hurt in the playoffs too. So it's not like they're, I just want people to realize it's not like they're back and they're magically going to be okay. There's still opportunities to get injured. I hope they're still here, and I hope they both hit four home runs this weekend. Like you said, you just got to temper those expectations a little bit, I think, if you're a Yankee fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I and I think, you know, like we talked about, we're, this is our opportunity to get, you know, to to try to do the, like, hey, we're going to get, it, it's the only option we have is we'll be healthy for the playoffs. Like I said that last week. It's all we have to hope for. And then you start to, like, put together, like, yeah, what does realistically the lineup look like? And, um, you know, is Clint, because it's like Stanton's got to get back and, uh, you know, show that he can stay healthy and produce anything. Judge, I think a lot of people, we're not anti-judge, but we're just like, Judge judges who he is, and who we thought he was is not who he has been so far. And he's got some proving to do. Clint is now, like, it is a different mindset where you're not competing. Like, he was a hungry dog. Let's hope there's no complacency there. I mean, Gio, what, you know, you're coming back. Let's figure out, like, how's your elbow? Like, is something going to get worse? Like, there's still a lot of questions in there. And then it's, yeah, you know... How do you, you know, how do you
2: use Gardner and Talkman off the bench? Defense and speed only. You mentioned Gio. He's going to be overshadowed, obviously, by the big guys, but this helps us so much defensively. Seeing DJ at third playing out of position, he was fine, but DJ belongs at second. And their best infield defense is obviously Gio at third and yeah. DJ at second. So that, that is a huge deal to have Gio back tonight.
1: I mean, DJ is the best second baseman in baseball so he should be playing second base every day. Luckily, he's like the best guy in baseball and like just does whatever the team needs. I mean, you think about it, there's a lot of people who are best at their position at that time. And if maybe, you know, because he didn't fully... You know, last year, he didn't start an opening day. He's an all-star. He moved all around the infield. He's been a, you know, platinum glover. And he's going into a contract year, and he's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, play me wherever. I just want to play.
2: I'm glad it worked out. I would never have taken that offer from the Yankees if I was DJ. If you know, Brian Cashman says, oh, we like you, but Troy Tulowitzki's going to start on opening day and you're not. I would have been like, well, fuck you. I'm going to sign somewhere else. Luckily, it worked out and he did. But if you think about how ridiculous it is that Tulo started opening day of 2019 over DJ, it's like the most ridiculous thing ever.
1: I just – too low starting for the Yankees <laughs> was comical. I loved it. I was so excited for it, you know, because it's just like that guy was like, I want to be a Yankee. Like when when we get Bryce Harper in like 10 years, it's going to be like, oh, man, like that's crazy. I can't believe this happened. Oh,
0: dude, you know?
2: It was. And it was, the, it was the typical bullshit like, oh, he looked good at one workout. He's healthy.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we got Kinseiko. And it's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Like, yeah,
2: let's do it. This is silly. You know, we've had a ton of those guys. It was totally bizarre. But, yeah, so we got we got Davey going tonight. He has had three great starts. Are you all in? Are you still trying to temper expectations a little bit? People are, like, calling him Little Pedro, and I'm definitely not there yet. dude. His makeup looks great, though.
1: He's 23 years old. Or 21, 21 years old, sorry. 21 years old. He's had three... Decent starts in a weird season. I love it. I'm very excited for him.
2: But I haven't sent Scott any T-shirt ideas. You know, like. Exactly. I wish I could disagree with you for the sake of the podcast, but I'm in the same boat where I'm happy, I'm loving what he's doing, but I've seen this before. So I just want to see a couple more starts now. If you put a gun to my head, he's my game three starter. In the wild card round, absolutely. But I'm not ready to call him Little Pedro or put him in Monument Park just yet. Want to see a couple more of these?
1: Uh, You like? I'm excited for him. I'm obviously I'm cheering for him. He's a Yankee. I love my guys. But yeah, I mean, give me seven starts. Like, let me feel like we're you know comfortable with you in the playoffs. And that you know then you I'll be fully behind you no matter what for the playoffs. Then
2: next year you got to come out and put together a full season. Yes. No. Just open the app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your first delivery fee on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. There it is. There it is. Nice and easy. Nice yeah. and easy. So excited about – obviously excited about the Blue Jays series, and this is this is a big series for us. We're a half game behind the Jays. You really want to get out of that wild card. You want to be one of the two seeds, one of the second-place teams, because that guarantees that we won't play the Rays in the first round. So leapfrogging the Blue Jays is very important.
1: I mean – and then I'm not going to lie. Like, then you start to think, like – how do we make a run for it? Like, let's say we win tonight. All of a sudden, we're a half a game up. And let's say the Rays happen to lose to the Nationals.
2: We'd be three out at that point. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, we're only three out, you know? Yeah, it's hard for me to get excited to, to start thinking about passing the Rays when they kick the shit out of us. Yeah, so, but it would be
1: good for the team. Even if we don't get it, I'm not saying, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Obviously, you hope we do, but the odds are, you know, not really in our favor to, you know, catch the race. But I'd like to have these guys still fighting for something, you know? I don't want to just go get, like, two up of the Jays and then just, like, all right, let's figure out our rotation. Like, let's just start fucking hunting, you know?
2: You have to, and you don't want to be going into that last series of the year against the Marlins like, oh, we're a game up on the Blue Jays, and we got to start Cole on the last day of the season to make sure, and then your your playoff rotation's fucked up. So I think it's very important to win as many games as possible, obviously, and if you get that four seed, you'll play like the Twins or the White Sox or somebody like that. You do not want to play the Rays in a three-game wild-card series at the TROP going Morton, Snell, and Glasnow. That is a legitimate nightmare.
1: Well, so, I mean, here is kind of the thing, though, is – we're a half a game behind Toronto. So if we were to win tonight, uh, you know we would be in that, that five spot. And we would line up right now to play Minnesota. But Minnesota, Oakland, and Tampa all have pretty much similar. They all have 30 wins. They have like 17, 9, 18, 19 losses because of the game. So if we're hunting for the um, Rays... We're hunting, like, for the same record to try to get one of those other spots.
2: Yeah, but I But also guess that no
1: head-to-heads, you know. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting. We're, we're likely looking at, if we can get the raise. we're probably looking at, yeah, uh, a five spot and playing either Minnesota or Oakland, in Minnesota or Oakland, where, I mean, those are two places where you don't want to have to go anywhere, but if I had to pick anywhere to go, it's probably Minnesota and Oakland. Even though I hate Oakland, like, we still win there.
2: Yeah, and Matt Chapman's out for the season. And there's the no Atlanta. fans. They don't yeah. have their fucking drums. Big Park kind of scares me, but no, I'd much rather... any. I'm kind of like anywhere but the chop.
1: Yeah. Is, is well, I mean, even with a Big Park, like, I don't know, at least maybe you can use Haps somewhat.
2: <laughs> if he's on the playoff roster. Yeah. I'm not so sure he'll be on... He'll be on the wild-card roster, although got to give him credit. We trashed him. His last few starts have been very good, and he's definitely put his nuts on the table.
1: I love that, and he's, he's out there performing, shoving, shutting me up. But also not hitting that vesting option. Yes, yes,
2: exactly. This is the best case scenario. He's going to get the nine starts, and he kind of started this rotation turnaround in that two-one game that they lost last week. He pitched really well, and since then, every starter, even Montgomery, who had been trash for the three starts leading, and even Montgomery had a good game. So they've had six really good starts in a row, and the starting pitching has kind of been the key for the turnaround. I feel like
1: it has been, and they're like they're sticking with it. Like you mentioned, Montgomery. He looked shaky in that first inning. Like he got out of it, but I was like, This is gonna be a fucking long day. And then he came out, you know, he he recalibrated or whatever, figured it out, and, and we were off to the races.
2: Yeah, and he still wants he still wants that three spot. I still think that three spot is very wide open. I could see it going to Hap. I could see it going to Gumby or Davey. I, I don't think they've decided that at all. I have a very hard time seeing it go to Hap, but even with these last
1: two starts, you know, at a certain point, like, you are what you are.
2: Yeah, no, that's I, that's I hear you, but bad. it's not its not set in stone, and you got to figure, we talked about this, that Paxton is just done. Like, we're not going to see him again. You can forget about opener, playoff, bullpen, anything. I think you have seen the last of James Paxton and pinstripes.
1: Yeah, I mean, because
2: we heard that he, you know, kind of had a little bit of a setback, right? Felt some soreness while throwing. Today, September 16th. You just do the math. Yes. Yeah. There's not enough time.
1: There's not a – even if he, like, can, you know, get to the point where he's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm good to go, you're not good to go for six innings in a playoff game. And, like, that's the job opening right now. We And we oh, yeah. don't know even the, the guys that we have, Ken, but at least, like, we have a better shot with that, Or even five innings. Like, you're not a five-inning starter in the playoffs right now, Paxton. We can't now. Oh, – we're going to have you be the opener right now and throw off, like, any kind of – anything the team has going well for them in terms of, like, chemistry.
2: It's not even worth it at that point. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of the playoffs, it looks like, uh, according to multiple reports today, that we are going to a bubble. Uh, it looks like the Yankees would be at Petco Park in San Diego, if I'm looking at it right. Uh, obviously on the West Coast. So how do you feel about the bubble? How do you feel about the playoff schedule and all that that was released today?
1: Yeah. So it's like the first, so it's like the last week of the season, everyone enters quarantine unless like you can get an exception, no matter where you are, even if you're the home team for, you know, your last series. So like when the Yankees play the Marlins at home that last weekend, they'll, all be in a hotel except, like, you can get exceptions. So I would imagine, like, Cole can get an exception because he has a very young child. Um, And he can... But he can't go anywhere except a ballpark. His family can't go anywhere at all. Like, you're signing your family up to not leave the house. No visitors, nothing. Um, Which is drastic, but they have to do it. So... They're doing that, then you'll go to, we'll go to Minnesota or Oakland or whatever, play three straight days, and then depending on, you know, the seating and stuff, I think right now, yeah, we'd end up at Petco. You either go to Petco or Dodger Stadium for the Division Series, the LCS, and then the World Series is in uh, the Rangers' new stadium. So, but there's no off days
2: at all. Like, there's no travel. Which kills days. us. Which kills us, man. I mean, we are built on power bullpen. Our starters don't go very deep. Think about this. In, a, in an ALDS, any normal year, you're getting your 324 million man starting two games. Now, we only, he only gets to start one game. That is a huge blow for us, any way you slice it the no off days.
1: Interesting is that I saw right before we started this that like, the league announced that today. And it made it sound like teams didn't know this.
2: Boone confirmed that, that he didn't
1: know. So, but like he didn't know, does Cashman not know? Did the Yankees have the opportunity to factor this into their trade deadline decisions to not move?
2: Everything I've read said that nobody knew. Executives, GMs, anybody. So that's another thing. If Cashman would have known this, do we go out and get one more bullpen arm? or yeah. one more depth start or something, because now you need five starters in yes. the ALDS as opposed to three and a bullpen game. I mean, that is a huge swing. Your bullpen guys, it's not like Chapman. Chapman's not going to be able to pitch every game of the DS or Britain. You're going to have to be very strategic. I wonder if they will have expanded rosters as a way to kind of counteract that. But it's gonna I think be they're going to probably
1: stay at 28, I would imagine.
2: And it's almost like, you know, do you use – do so you use your top tier relievers if you're down one in the eighth inning of game one and burn them up because they can't? None of our guys can really go three days in a row, so they're going to have to be very strategic about how they use people. And that leads me to believe that that last series against the Marlins, none of them are really going to pitch.
1: Yeah, it's like weird. Like maybe everyone's done on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, on uh, Saturday.
2: Yeah and then Sunday's like the throwaway game where if you remember like when Bernie Williams used to make the lineup on the last day of the season Yeah there was always <laughs> like
1: when there was a guy who was um re- like uh retiring or leaving the team you know just late in the season yeah um Yeah I it's you know it's going to be interesting to to say the least I mean there is some time between the wild card and then like the travel and everything to start the DS. So the good thing is that you are at least going to start the divisional round with your ace. Yes. Like Cole is, it's not like the penalty of, cause everyone has to play in that round. It's not like when you just make the wild card in a regular season, you have to burn your, you know, you have to burn your ace and then figure it out from there. At least we have that, which plays in our favor, because honestly, game one of the wild card, whether we go two games, three games, whatever it is, you've got Cole in game one. You've got Cole then coming back in game one. And then I think if the
2: DS goes to five games, you're going to see Cole on short rest. I was going to say, do you think you'll see him on short rest or do you think they'll just use him in relief? Uh,
1: I think it depends on, like, how many pitches he threw in the previous game or something like that. But, like, this is where I see him, you know, uh, uh, provided the opportunities there. I'd rather, you know, just win in three games and not (laughs) have to worry about it. But him just saying, like, you know, being a fucking animal and being, you know, what we haven't had in a long time.
2: Yeah, and maybe you do ask him to go on three days rest, and this does hurt other teams as well. It means we'll only see Blake Snell once, or we'll only see Verlander once, or whoever we're playing. So it does hurt everybody, but to me, the reason I think it hurts the Yankees a little bit more is how reliant they are on guys like Chad Green, who always need a day in between.
1: Yeah, and can't throw... Like, you can't have Chad Green throwing 60 pitches in a series.
2: No, and you can't have starting pitchers going two and a third and bring it like Brian green or Britton or whoever in the third or fourth inning like they had to do against the Astros a couple of times last year. It might be a situation where you might have to let a starter – you know, allow three or four runs to get through five or six innings. Like like Boone was very aggressive last year uh, in the playoffs and going to his relievers really early as high leverage guys. And I think he's going to have to be a little bit more conservative when you factor in that there aren't going to be any off days. So everybody's going to have to pivot, though. And I'm sure Cashman's sitting in his office coming up with formulas and ways to counteract this and make the most of it. But it's going to be tough for everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not going to be easy. It's... You know, you've got the whole outside world. The hope is, though, that at least at this time, like, who knows what's going on. You know, hopefully COVID continues to, to decrease and everything. But you get these guys, I like, I, get them in the bubble. Let them just focus on that. Like, it's worked for the NBA. It worked for hockey. Let's just get it. So, like, you know, if we get to this point in the season, we can wrap this up. And, you know, so that baseball as a whole gets it. But also, you just don't want your team to get there. And then it's like, oh, we lost three guys for this.
2: Yeah, I understand doing the bubble for the playoffs. Although they are saying now there's a chance that there's going to be fans in the bubble. Does that kind of defeat the purpose of a bubble?
1: So here's the thing, though. We don't know what that means. So everyone's treating that as like, hey you can, you know, me and you could just buy tickets and like, oh, well, we're going to game two and then flying home. This might be, hey, you can buy tickets, but it's like a package. Like you have to stay in this hotel, be there. Like I mean people oh, miss think of that. A lot of people aren't working or can work like more remotely. If you don't have kids, like let's say I didn't have my kid and this happened I could just be like, Hey babe, um you know, we were like still in the same, you know, world of COVID. I could say, Babe, we gotta fly to San Diego, stay there for a week, then we get to go to a bunch of baseball games and we just work during the day, like, you know, we'll have to get up for, you know, five AM so we can work our, you know, East Coast hours, but like that like that'd be a thing I would do.
2: So, so you think it, it's going to be some sort of all inclusive? You got to come on this date, stay here, fly this airline. Like you can't book your own. That's
1: what I think stuff. is the safest thing. No, you could probably be like fly yourself out there, but like you have to quarantine and like be subject to regular testing. Because even with people allowed in the like with fans, you're talking like twenty twenty five percent. You know, so it's getting spread out, or it might have to be a thing in like clusters. Uh, They've done that with uh, AEW as a professional wrestling. You can buy into like up to groups of six and it's spread out and you're not able to like, it's so few people
2: that you're not able to resell because there's like an ID with it.
0: Uh, Okay.
2: Uh, 25% seems reasonable. That seems to be what the chiefs did. I think when they started in football last week, you got to remember though, California and Texas, where the two bubbles are very different laws, very different politics there. So I could see it being a lot more lenient in Texas with what they're doing compared to California.
1: Well, I think you also have to factor in things um, like just cases, you know, like California had it worse. I believe I'm not, I don't have the stats in front of me. I know Texas had a spike, but I think in general, California had it worse, especially like a big city like LA and it's on fire. I mean, we lost tonight the game in Seattle has been postponed due to air quality. So we've lost games to a pandemic, uh, s- social, you know, um, you
2: know, protests, and uh, and now uh, wildfires. What a year! It's been crazy, and I did see that. Pass and tweeted that if they can't do Southern California because of the fires, they will move that to Phoenix for us.
1: Okay, for the AL. I mean, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, which will work, and I got. I guess everybody would just play at the Diamondbacks' place and and space them out. But if the Yankees are playing West Coast games, they're either going to be fighting the shadows, or we're going to be up till four a.m. every night.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's. I don't think it's going to be four a.m. every night. I think they're going to be playing a lot of four o'clock their time games, or even one o'clock their time. Games.
2: One and four, yeah. right, would probably be the two slots.
1: Yeah, like there's no. There's no reason for – yeah, I mean, it's just bad business to make it a 10 o'clock game because the majority of – like, there are – most people
2: will just be like, fuck it. I'll just see what happened in the morning.
1: Yeah. Most normal normal people.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. It looks like we'll be there. And and there were points last week where I'm like, are we even going to fucking make the playoffs? Like, I'm just relieved sitting here today knowing that we're probably going to be there because that was the ultimate nightmare embarrassment scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we didn't make the playoffs, (laughs) I mean, that's just, you're going to hear about it for a while.
2: Yeah. It's like, can you even come back from that? Like, can I walk around with my hat on all off-season if we miss an expanded postseason? I don't know.
1: My dog's making a weird noise.
2: He's excited for the game. You okay? You're going to throw up?
1: It's the, like, homeless one. I think she's got a hairball. Ah, this is good podcast. You all right? She's got a lot of followers. It'll be all right. Um, yeah, I mean, they also, did you see in the bubble there'll be no celebrations.
2: I did and I saw the no the no booze, which I think is so dumb like the whole thing. These guys are all together all the time anyway. I don't think two players on the same team that travel together, that play together, hugging each other or dapping each other up or spraying champagne on each other. I don't think that's any more dangerous than what they're already doing. So I don't really understand this. So I think because
1: the bubble's not going to be as secure as, like, the NBA. You know, like, the NBA, they are there for two weeks before they even started playing games. So, you know, it's more secure, whereas, you know, if Game 5 of the World Series is like, these guys have been here for, you know, six days. Um, like, they could have got on a flight. Like, they're still traveling. And I think it's just, the like, the visual of let's not be like, oh ever, you know, because you don't know what's going to be going on in the world. Uh, and, you know, people are still staying home, and then these guys are dog-piling spraying champagne pouring beer all over each other. There are going to be some people who are complaining about that. My hope is that at least for the World Series, because then it's like, ah, it's over, you know?
2: Like, I was going to say, if we win the World Series, they are a 100% going to be spraying champagne.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, in this situation, like, the league provides it, Um, so, you know, like, it's not
2: like you could just roll a keg in there. <laughs> you, I, I think it would be Voight would be the guy that would I could see like carrying the keg in there. Yeah. Of all the players.
1: I could see him, yeah, rolling in with one. Um, or just like Wade dragging one. Like I was going to say it. Wade
2: being like, I helped.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wade's like, I'll tap it. You don't want too much head. <laughs> Maybe you do.
2: So cringeworthy. Yeah, I think they're going to celebrate. If they win the World Series, all bets are off, obviously. And that will be in the Rangers Stadium. So maybe, look, maybe if Texas is relaxed and they're allowing fans, maybe there's a chance we could see some World Series baseball live. A lot would have to happen, but that is not something that I thought was possible a week ago.
1: No, a week ago, it was like, this is just going to fall. Like, this is just going to fall apart and get worse, and people are going to make fun of us. And we will have no comeback.
2: Last week was the low point. Like, we, we talked about this, how much of a low point it was. But that's the cool thing about baseball is that all it takes is three or four good days, and it's like you forget about it, and you're back. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, you know, you get a nice five-game win streak all of a sudden, and you're back. It's crazy how
2: that works. Sweet, sweeping the doubleheader was key. And I've, I still hate these seven-inning doubleheaders, but when we sweep one, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I can work with this. Like, I'm just a front-runner with all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, when we can't blame it on, like, you know, our bullpen would have come back. Like, I still think, you know, the we got, you know, cost the game with the Phillies. So, and we'll see. I mean, now we went five in a row. We went five and five the last ten games. Toronto has gone six and four, you know, the last ten games. So, they haven't been, like, remarkably better than us. We're maybe a little hotter. We have a much higher run differential on the season, um, and you know we're going to Buffalo. They're twelve and seven there. We're eight and fourteen on the road. But who knows? Maybe a change of scenery. Like or yeah, maybe it. Or no, they're in New York now. They're in New York yeah, now. But sorry. next week we have next four in Buffalo. Have, yeah. So they're eight. That's what it is. They're fourteen and thirteen on the road but we're 18 and 7 at home. So like, let's just get right
2: keep this momentum going, you know? Definitely And Buffalo isn't a place that I'm scared of going. First of all, it was very aesthetically pleasing. I thought watching the game, the highway in the background, the place looked nice. They I enjoyed made watching behind the Yankees Behind
1: today. home plate looked like Toronto. Like, it, I was just like, good. oh yeah, no. Oh, they're in Buffalo, you know. It's what yeah. I think I'm going to see.
2: And it's a small stadium. The ball carries there. Our hitters, you know, we're hitting a lot of home runs there. I think the Yankees were very comfortable playing there. It's obviously close to New York City, so it's not too far of a of a road trip. I'm not worried at all about playing four in Buffalo next week. It's nothing like, for me, going to Fenway or going to the Trop where I'm, like, you know, preparing for a mental battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's also different with no fans. So it's like, yeah, whatever. We'll beat you on a high school field. Who
2: cares? Yeah, <laughs> Tell us when and where.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... It's now just taking the momentum of the weekend. And maybe that's why, you know, Stanton coming back, coming off this off day. So it's not like the lull and then we got him. you know, like, let's keep this going.
2: Maybe it lights a fire under them. And we have a chance to step on their throats. If we sweep the series, second place is pretty much ours in the division. And, and we don't have to worry about playing the Rays in the first round. So I think that's very doable. We have our best three starting pitchers going in this series. It's Tanaka, it's Cole, and it's Davey. You can easily sweep this series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you talk about. I talked last year about, like, the DVD, you know, that they sell at the end of the season. Where it's like, oh, they went out there. Young starter steps up, turns things around, fills a role that he had. They win five in a row. Day off. Stanton's back. All of a sudden, we've won eight in a row getting
2: ready to face Boston and just, like, run away with things. Yeah, we definitely have a chance to end it with them right here. One little tidbit that I wanted to touch on that didn't get much traction today, but I thought it was a pretty big deal. Ken Rosenthal, you know, in one of his athletic articles said that he expects the Yankees to pursue JT Real Muto. Uh, He also named the Mets and the Rangers. Do you think that's a legitimate possibility? Yeah, Gary Sanchez stinks. I think it's... So I don't know, you know, the
1: price tag, who knows what it's going to be. I think that everybody is in on everyone because, like, everyone might just be lowballing and we don't know if they'll be fans next year. You know, some teams are going to think about a five-year contract, thinking more about the one year that's coming up. You know, what yeah. are the financial implications? Does everything get through the um you know the playoffs fine. But Gary still has some value and if you just say like, hey, you know, we're gonna we want to try to lock down this position, then yeah, you look at you know, you're trading Gary.
2: And look, we don't owe Gary we're not committed to much. I think he has two more arbitration years after this, so I would be even as a diehard Gary supporter, I would be completely fine with this. I'm just not sold that after getting the best free agent last year and spending what they spent on coal, not getting the revenue from the chicken butt you know, chicken buckets and the twenty five dollar Bud Lights, I'm just not convinced that they're gonna go out and give six or seven years to a thirty year old catcher. I would love him, but I was a little bit like when I read that from Rosenthal, I was like, Really? We're we're in play for this? That's pretty cool. I mean, I think
1: we're like, you know, I think we're in play for everyone, especially if, you know, Let's say you're looking at the future and you go, all right, we've got Aaron Hicks under contract. We've got Stanton under contract. We've got Cole under contract. We've got control of Clint for a few more years. We've got, um, you know, guys like Florial, Tachman, you know, who are in play in the outfield. It looks like, you know, we've got, you know, we actually have something in Voight. We're trying to extend DJ as well, so maybe this is the winter of walking away from Gary and Judge, and saying like, "You guys weren't, you know, we thought you were going to be this new core four with Glaber and Seve, but you're not." And <laughs> That's here. the truth. Yeah, and you know now you've you're you're locked up up the middle. You've got your DH for forever. You've got your second base. I mean, you can't buy – you can't get all the toys, but we can at least take, you know, go to the floor, the showroom.
2: Yeah, we can, and I think a lot of our fans are naive in that – look, all of our fans thought that Didi was going to be a lifelong Yankee. He, he wasn't. So you got to take the blinders off and realize that nobody's untouchable. Nobody's guaranteed anything, and I was actually listening to uh, Blob. Bob Kaplish or Klappish, I forget how you say it, was talking about how the Yankees aren't even considering a judge extension right now. They were talking about it a little bit last year, talking about parameters with him, and now it's off the table completely, and they're not even discussing it. So nothing is guaranteed with Brian Cashman and these guys. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you can't
1: even be thinking about,
2: you know, he could be, he still has to make it back. You right, know? right. He's got to get through Scranton. I'm I'm not even convinced that he's going to get through these next three days in Scranton unscathed. Like, that's how cautious I'm being with him.
1: Yeah. He went two for six off Clark Schmidt today. <laughs> right. So,
2: yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll
1: see. But, yeah, let's kick the tires everywhere. You know, we're going to have to make some commitments at some point. And when you look at it, you know. Do you, you know, you move on? If we can move on from Gary and get something back, whether it's a reliever or, you know, a back end starter, um, or, uh, you know, Gary's arbitration at a certain point is going to be, you know, too much to have as a backup. But, like, hey, maybe he's a backup for a little bit, and then you trade him during the season.
2: It's so tough, man, because he is so gifted as a player with arm strength, the way he can throw out runners, and with his power. When he is on, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Those first two years in the league, 2016 dominant, 2017 dominant. And then the wheels just kind of fall off, and it's like, which, who is the real Gary? And I've been asking that to myself for years. Wh- which one is it?
1: Yeah, and we were, you know, we're hoping – You know, that we've been hoping that it's the early Gary, but you're only as, at a certain point, you're only as good as your record. You're only as good as your stats. That's who you are. And we're seeing more of that. And it seems to be, you know, he has the physical gifts, but there's something between the ears that, you know, maybe isn't clicking.
2: The thing for me is when he, let's say he comes up and there's a runner on third with one out. I have no confidence that he can just put a fly ball into play and, and get a sack fly. I don't think he's ever – I don't think he's done that in years. And the fact that you can't adjust at all and you're trying to hit the ball 500 feet every single time, look, it's cool. Every once in a while he connects and I go crazy and I'll tweet a gif of him and it's awesome. But he has to learn how to just put a ball in play and and get a run in. And it's like he can't do that at all.
1: There's something like focus-wise that's not there. And, you know, maybe it's just, you know, you you pile on yourself. You know, I'm not saying the guy doesn't care, but – if it's just not there, it's not there. So, I mean, kick the tires, have the conversation. You know, it doesn't hurt. But I'd I'd still be surprised if, you know, we we got him.
2: I would be too. And then I guess finishing up around the league, it looks like Steve Cohen has one more step in order to get the Mets. He's got to have the 23 owners sign off on it. I also read that A-Rod's still trying to backdoor in there and that the owners don't really want Cohen because he might spend a ton. So, It's over, but it's not. How do you read into that? It's uh, like apparently the deal's done to buy
1: is for like over $2 billion to buy the Mets. But, yeah, the owners have to approve. I don't know that, you know, I don't think the owners care enough about baseball and about their cities to be like, we can't let this guy in. He's going to spend too much. I just don't believe that for a second. So I see. I thought that them even saying like it's been it's done, but now he's got to get the twenty three votes, and like that vote will be in November. I that's a, a like done deal to me because like you, listen, you the Wilpons are a black eye on professional sports ownership from the way they run their team. The people who they, you know, because it's not just like, oh, hey, we threw some money with, you know, our friend. You know, we had a bad investment. Like this was like you had a relationship with this guy, like a very close relationship. And you lost a shit ton of money. So and because you're frugal, that like. It's always tied to that. It's always tied to Madoff. Whether you're frugal because of Madoff or not, but, like, you're a distraction from the sport.
2: They are totally a black eye. And from what I understand, SNY is not included in the sale. So does that mean the Ponds are still going to control what's on SNY, the programming and all that stuff, and Cohen won't be able to have a say in that? Or can you kind of explain to me how that will work? So if the Ponds
1: still own SNY, I mean, then they're just like, you own a channel. And... I don't know how long that advertising deal is, but that, how long that like deal is, but like that comes up at a certain point.
2: And Cohen could theoretically either start his own network or just fight, put them on a different channel if he wanted to. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, uh, my understanding, I think it's, um, I read somewhere earlier that there's like 10 years left on that contract. So it's like, I don't know, do you want to, you know, hey, you've got this for the next 10 years. You hope that you're going to ride the wave of him going out there and building a, a successful product. And then who knows, maybe in the contract there's an opportunity to buy it at like seven years. Like then they'll try to sell it to him. And, you know, at this point it's like, listen, we still make money off the Mets being good with you putting your money out there. And then at some point down the line, I think like he had offered like $2 billion for it. And he can, they can just say like, "Well, we'll sell it to you now for in seven years for two point five billion dollars because the economy's good or whatever, and ratings are good." Meanwhile, you're the one making the ratings. But what are you going to, you know? Yeah, you can buy this network and you're still making the money. You know, you've created your own ecosystem, or you start your own channel from scratch, which that's a nightmare, or you just, you know. You, you just get a contract somewhere else, but now you're making someone, you know, so you're getting, you know, 70% instead of
2: 100%. Yeah, and the, the way I kind of think about it is I know with us that apparently next year we're going to have, I think it's either 20 or 30 games that are going to be exclusively on Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure if we are kind of transitioning over there, but it seems like the whole channels and streaming, everything is kind of up in the air right now with MLB with all that stuff.
1: Yeah, well, the Yes Network was weird because, like, the Yankees started it, then they sold off a big part of it. To Fox. Yeah, to Fox because, like, I did stuff for them, and they were, like, part of Fox and trying to get edgier. But then it went to, like, ESPN, but then Disney was buying ESPN, and it became, like, a monopoly with the regional sports network, so they had to sell some off. I don't even know who owns the Yes Network now, but the Yankees always kept some
2: part of it. They did, and I think Bezos. I think it's Amazon that has a sixty or an eighty percent stake, or whatever it was, and that was about a year ago. And I think this year they were supposed to have a set number of games that were only going to be available on Amazon Prime. But obviously, sixty game schedule. I guess that all got fucked up. But I think we'll see more of that next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been talks of like you know when uh, Facebook started, was it Facebook like TV or whatever they could yeah. watch Facebook that they were going to get in the market for it. I mean, we're seeing kind of the breakup of traditional cable. Uh, so now we all have to spend the same amount of money buying a billion different things. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's just going to have to package that up at some point.
2: I got bullied into buying cable. I told the guy I just wanted internet, and he was like, no, nah, I'm giving you cable at the same price because we need to get our subscriptions up. I was like, oh, okay. I guess yeah.
1: Cable. <laughs> it's like buying a brand new car like, at the end of the year. They're like, we just got to get these on the road. We can give you a good deal.
2: Yeah. So I, I caved and and got into that. But but yeah, yeah. Got anything else for this Blue Jay series or anything else going on? No, I just wanna keep winning. Yeah. Winning's a lot more
1: fun than losing. You heard it here first.
2: That is high level saber metrics.
1: Yeah. You just gotta you gotta peel back the onion a little bit. It's not all batting average and pitcher wins. Sometimes it's team wins <laughs> and run scores.
2: Ex Wobo, uh. So some of these stats, man, I'm just looking at it like, what the fuck is this? Is this a I, science experiment? I have no
1: idea, and I choose not to um, I choose not to learn them. Fair. Yeah. So
2: follow Nick on Twitter. At nkirbynyy. Maybe I'll be talking to Glaber's dad this week.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, do it for this weekend. Just put on his – just follow him and put on alerts. It's fucking hilarious as you see what he tweeted and try to figure out who he tweeted it to. Um, follow me at JJ from the Bronx follow the show at George's box pod. We've got a five game win streak. We've got to just keep this going. As long as we can keep this going and get into a decent spot in the playoffs. And who knows, maybe it works. You know, you just get hot at the end. It's going to be weird for everyone. Might as well be us. And you know, if everyone wears a mask, we'll see you at the parade. Wow. What a game. I mean, it's the the fourth the fifth inning now. Like we just statement game. Statement game.
2: We needed that. We've played in a lot of long, stressful extra inning games, doubleheader games. I think we all just kind of needed this. We needed this like as a fan base. We
1: I mean, obviously it's still early in the game, but I mean, they got to go position player like pitching soon. So You know, there's a lot of assumptions, but it's already 9 o'clock, and this shit's got to get edited and all that. But uh, we had to come and talk about it. I mean, Garcia just came out, like, gave us all a a lot of comfort in the first inning.
2: Nine-pitch first?
1: Nine-pitch first. I mean, for the the Blue Jays, they had a 12-pitch first. Like, the first inning was very fast. I was like, wow, are we going to end up in, like, some, you know – 82 versus double zero pitchers duel and then very quickly we learned that would not be the case
2: now every game kind of takes on its own shape and obviously the fisher errors uh, were the key and the yankees just unloaded it's funny that wade kind of kept that inning alive with the two strike rbi single and then they just went absolutely off voight kind of capped that inning but then you have gary homering hicks homering like they all kind of jumped in on the fun today
1: I feel bad because Fish is a nice guy. Like I'm friendly with him. Him and Clint have the same. Ah oh,
2: man, you could tell he was he was struggling with it. It, it was kind of tough to watch as a baseball fan.
1: Super nice guy. Uh, met him uh, out in New York. Had a bunch of drinks, and then, um, you know. Just, you know, hung out, and he was just a regular-ass dude who was... It was 2017, so he was about to win a World Series, so he is one of those guys. Okay. I've sent some mean text messages to him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, he... So, it's just, like, super nice guy. Grew up a Yankee fan, too. Oh. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just felt bad, you know, because you remember, like, the human part of it. But, yeah, just stunk it up tonight, even into the fourth inning. Like, just kind of mishandling things, and it's to me, it's funny because I, I know him uh, the same way I know Clint, that they're both having defensive problems, and I had said it about Clint, like he just needed that season to end, like
2: Fish just needs this game to end. He does, and that was so relatable because anybody that's played baseball at any competitive level, you know what it's like to be in the field, and you just don't want the ball hit to you. You're just like, I want to go home. I'm done with this, and then that's when the ball finds you. And and everything was was hit to him. Everything was hit to him. It was, and they capitalized, and there was a point there where you're like, are they even going to make this hurt? Are we going to come out of this 1-1? That would have been a disaster, but they were piling on, piling on. DJ had the three RBI double, which was awesome. Even Gary homered. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) That's how you know we're rolling.
1: Yeah, that's how you know they're throwing them right down the middle. You know, I was waiting for someone to, like, hit a grand slam. Because you get into, um, like, Tatis Jr. territory here. Like, what are you supposed to do? But for a lot of these guys, like, Stanton needs the at-bats. You know? Uh, Gio needs the at-bats. Like, some of these guys, like, hey, this is their rehab. Like, sucks to be you right now. But
2: we're also a half a game back. So... Let's make yeah, it there, are a lot of things, there are a lot of things I'm worried about. Offending the Blue Jays is absolutely last <laughs> on the list. I couldn't give less of a fuck about that. We, They're our main competition. Look, we had to make a statement tonight, and boy, did they. Now our high leverage relievers will be available for the next two games, and we're really in control of this series.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just – that's perfectly put. It's 100% in our hands. It's a matter of, like, you, you take – Sometimes it's an inning. Like, we looked at the second inning, we're like, if this comes away with just one run. Like, we didn't do it. We didn't put our foot on their throat this inning, which a lot of times we don't do. Then, even when we occasionally do, it's like, all right, well, now it's the fifth inning. Can we put our foot on their throat again for the game? And now it's gone from the game to now, can we do it for the series? Like, what do we get tomorrow? We've got Cole out there. If there's any, like... This is why. This is why we have him.
2: Yeah. Starting to get on a roll. Starting to get on a roll. We're now going to be in sole possession of second place in the East, which is awesome. We'll be a half game up on them. And yet, no excuse not to take this series uh, tonight if you're listening to this with Cole. And then look, Tanaka, like I said earlier, they have a chance to sweep with Tanaka on Thursday.
1: Yeah. I mean, just have to go out there and, and just keep playing. I mean... We control our own destiny. We said that because we have all these games against the Blue Jays. So let's just go out there and control our own destiny.
2: That's all we can do. And another thing we talked about where we were dead on is the presence of Stanton in the lineup, right, and how he changes everybody's at-bats and the fear that you saw in Taiwan Walker trying to navigate this lineup. It's just different with Stanton out there. And he didn't deliver the big blow necessarily, but you just see that ripple-down effect, and it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean... You can't just throw it down the middle to them. You can throw it down in a way. You very much can do that, but not down the middle. So it makes it a little tougher. Also, I just found out Jeter's house is for sale.
2: $29 million. Yeah. Some Jetersburg, baby.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was out there one time, outside of it. I went to like drive by and see it. Very creepy. Very creepy thing. I
2: was really. looking at pictures today, so I'm kind of weird. I'm right there with you. I just, Yeah, I just learned about it. Like, <laughs> hmm. I, thought, I think... I know Brady was living there.
1: I don't know if he still is.
2: But yeah, like, so I read an article in the Post that said that Jeter and Brady, you know, Jeter basically told Brady, I'm going to sell this soon, but you can live here for a few weeks or whatever. Uh, so that's okay. kind of how that went down. And now, yeah, $29 million. Well, I'm gonna, maybe I'll play the lotto tomorrow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Although it wouldn't be him giving you the tour. It would be the, the real estate agent. No, I would be part of the sale. I have to meet him. He has to be here. Yeah, like
1: I just have 29. to meet I mean, for twenty nine million dollars, the guy can he could show up for an hour. He could get no, not even an hour. Come first signing or whatever, you know. Yeah, I think I can negotiate that.
2: I'll, I'll go to Miami, like whatever, whatever he needs. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. I didn't realize he moved there in seventeen. I thought he'd kind of been going back and forth from Tampa and Miami.
1: I thought he still was too. Yeah, until
2: until like last
1: year, I learned that he was there for like two years before I knew. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's just hope we keep keep piling it on, or just get everyone out of here safe and healthy.
2: I was going to say, let's pull half this lineup right now. Yeah. There's no reason to be playing games up 13.
1: Let Tyler Wade play center field.
2: <laughs> like
1: we might as well put Tyro in. Put yeah. Talkman in. Yeah, Talkman needs some time. Ford. Although, like, if they throw a position player, I'd like to see Voigt like juice it up another home run just to you know he's in a he's in a
2: battle. He's fighting Luke Voigt is f- fighting for an MVP award and a home run title. He just passed Trout. He's up to 17, Trout's at 16. So yeah, I mean he and you know he wants that. Yeah, I was like I think that
1: in order like you have to beat Trout in uh category like if you beat him in like home runs, I think that really helps and you know if he doesn't make the playoffs, you know, that that always kinda of factors in and it's not like he's having some, you know, very huge season because he did you know, he missed a bunch of games, he hit that hot streak coming back, but I don't know. They, like, might as well you're still an MVP. You might as well sneak one in there avoid you know, when it comes up in conversation in thirty years, like, oh yeah, he was the AL MVP in twenty twenty. I don't know that everyone's just gonna be like, Oh, that was that one season. Well who knows, maybe it will be.
2: Dude, they all count. And think about this. He's not even in arbitration yet. So this would be a big stepping stone for him to go to negotiations. I mean, this is millions of dollars on the line for him. Yeah. I like, you know, that's why he's got to hustle it
1: out. I'm looking at uh, their stats just to see, like, where each is. Uh,
2: Frazier just hit another ball in the right field corner. He's got another double. They are piling on. Good. Good. That's all you can do at this point is
1: just, like, go out there and battle. And that's what we just need every day. Like these guys to just want to be a baseball player. It's all I've asked for. It's just who wants to be a baseball player and every day that we're finding out that it's you know, someone else finally. Lou Boyd wants said- to be a baseball player.
2: He does, and DJ, we could have the home run leader and the batting title leader. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's get an M V P award. Yeah, All we right. need some awards. We're due.
1: Yeah, well, hey, I'm going to watch the rest of this game in bed. Yeah, enough. It's Enjoy, it's and an, I will see you soon. It's a nice night. Oh, man, just Fisher having to go get that in the corner again. Oh, yeah. And it got past him. <laughs> oh, I missed it because I had it on the other screen. Oh, that's You're behind so me, tough. yeah. That, that was what I just watched. Oh, that's so tough. Oh, man, I feel for the guy. He's a Philly guy, too. Do you know what high school or... No, Very somewhere smart. from the suburbs, but he got to, uh, after they won the World Series, he got to do, like, the hammer at half court for the sixth. Oh, wow. That's cool. It, it was a big, yeah, it was, like, a big thing, like, local guy. Yeah, it's a big deal. Guy. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, I get it. I get <laughs> it. Um, all right. Hey, everyone. We'll see you at the parade.